Check, check, mic one, two. Check, check, mic one, two. Check, check. All right, here we go. time it is we back at it speak your mind 2.0 episode 10 Speak Your Mind 2.0, Episode 10. Damn near. Might be the uh, last episode of uh, the first season. I, I think I said that multiple times, but, you I know. I believe you have. Ten, ten full episodes will make a full season, so I'm going to just keep it at that. <laughs> we're, we're at the end of the, uh, season one, so, you know, ten episodes strong. Happy to see that, and more to, more to come. What's going on, Ty? Not much, man. Just like I said, just trying to keep the consistent mindset, bro. For sure. Hey, all I can say is it's been it – was, it was an interesting week in uh, sports and entertainment. I don't know. It's like, where should we begin? I mean, we got Coach K, his last game, big trade deadline news in NFL, and then NBA news as always. So where where you want to start off, Ty? <sighs> oh, boy. Oh, man. I mean, well, let's just go ahead and just get the, you know, Coach K flowers out the way. I mean, 
this dude be coaching for what, like what, thirty plus years at Duke was has won multiple championships, has brought in consistent number one recruiting classes for the past. Hold on, let me let me clap it up for him real quick. Even though we don't like him, but still. For real. You just gotta give like Ty just said, give flowers when they are due. What? I believe he's been coaching for like forty something yeah, like forty two years, forty one years, something like that. Something crazy. Definitely put a lot of great players in the league. I think the uh official stat was like two hundred and sixty nine or sixty eight. That's crazy. I'm like he, he damn near filled the whole NBA up with Duke Blue Devils. So I'm like that body of work is pretty uh pretty hard to discount. Yeah. And then on top of that with all the championships that he has won, gotta give it up to him. Right. So, yeah, but, like, um, we all knew this was going to be his last season. And, granted, Duke has not been the same Duke team for at least three years, I would say, honestly. I give that, yeah. But, um, you know, just you know, just that time, man. You know, he's been dominating college basketball for so long. It's like, you know what, it's just time to hang it up. You're already first battle of college Hall of Famer as mm-hmm. a coach. So, story career, man. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, Coach K, wish you nothing but the best. Nothing but good health in the long run, too. But, um, yeah, time for a new change. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, with uh, Coach K leaving, um, I think they've already announced who the next head coach would be. It's someone on his staff. Um, I can't remember what his name is, though. Where do you think uh, Duke goes after Coach K leaves? Hmm. Yeah, how do you think they look? How do you think they start recruiting players again? I mean, yeah, they got to rebuild because he built that program to esteem dominance for so long. So it's like, okay, now you got to – not necessarily like revamp the culture, but like re- like revamp the coaching culture, I guess. Like mm-hmm. let the new coach come in and do his thing, run the basketball program yeah, like well. how he wants to run it. And if that can translate to recruits still wanting to commit to you, I'm talking about high caliber players to commit to you, then, you know, all, all on board for that. But, you know, it's just baby steps, you know, just one day at a time. So. For sure. <laughs> Um, what else? Coach K definitely got is number one in all time wins. So I don't think anybody's really going to touch that. I mean, the closest person that's in his facility that is still coaching right now, uh, Jim Beheim, Roy Williams, but he's not coaching no more. So, uh, who else is up there? I think Tom Izzo is probably like sixth or seventh somewhere in that, in that range. And, uh, who else am I thinking of right now? I think that's about it. But yeah, I, th- I don't think anybody's topping his his um win percentage yeah his win percentage i think he was like let me not i want to say uh 1200 and some and he was only lost like 371 games so i feel like 300 games isn't bad compared to his coaching record or the status (laughs) i'm like 300 wins to over a thousand wins or uh, yeah a thousand over a thousand wins and 300 losses i don't think anybody's really going to compare to that but time only tell coach k once again applaud you right now, let's stay in college basketball because this story that happened yesterday, I mean, like, if I, if you have ever tried to see a coach really try to, like, you know, defend his player the way the Syracuse coach basketball did for his player yesterday, I mean, you, you really just have to look at him like, really? Like what you, did uh, Jim Beheim do? <laughs> It's not what he did, but it's what his son did to a Florida State player in the game. So, long story short, um, Florida State and, Cl- and uh, Syracuse that played yesterday, and I didn't watch it, but um, I caught, like, literally that part that I'm about to talk about. So, Florida State was uh, winning the game. No, Syracuse was actually winning the game, I believe. And uh, Florida State had the ball, and I guess, what's what's his name? Uh, Dayheim's son was uh, guarding one of the Florida State players down in the post, ready, getting ready for the rebound. Yeah. Now, he allegedly, well, he didn't allegedly, but he said he was getting hit like I guess during that possession or he was getting hit all game Mm. so when they were going for the rebound (laughs) 
I kid you not. The dude legit punt. Wait, hold on. Oh, side. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Khalil wait, Mack. wait. Khalil Mack is going to the Chargers. <laughs> we will all we will discuss this when we get to the NFL no, topic. Exactly. <laughs> that that kind of threw my train of thought off. Like I'm like, wait, whoa, what? But uh, but back to the top at hand. But um, long story short, Bayheim's son legit gut punched a Florida State player. Oh, he really sucked. See, <laughs> he legit punched him. Like turn, fist, close, punch to the stomach, gut punch. Bro, he wasn't playing. He was like, bro, this dude's been beating me up. All game, but like, the thing, but one. the thing is, it's like you know, my thing was like, it's one thing when you're trying to defend a player when he, when you know he did wrong because he did it on national television, and on top of that too, they can replay yeah. what happened on the big screen in the in the arena. So I know the arena was like, damn, exactly. So it's like you can't shake your way out of this by defending what he did. He legit punched a player, but then it goes to another extreme level when that's your son you're defending, mm-hmm. and literally. Like, if I was a reporter in that moment, I'm like, I'm grilling him the entire time. Like, I explain mean, yourself, sir. I mean, we can we can put the shoe on the other foot and look at Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard. Now, see, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because the whole debate was, okay, should he be suspended? And thank God he did get suspended because the next game they got to play is a pivotal game. And he won't be a part of that because apparently he's a pivotal piece of the basketball team. So, yes, because my thing was, if he didn't get suspended for that, I'm like, then y'all need to really uh, reevaluate. Exactly, because if Jawan Howard can just, like, just graze a man's face, but yet a white player can gut punch another player mm-hmm. on the floor. We got some things to talk about. Exactly. But, but then again, too, history shows that, you know, certain players can get certain privileges, a la Christian Laner, by stepping on a black Kentucky basketball player twice on the chest, but then they get throughout the game, but that's neither here on there. I was going to even go to Grayson Allen, but, you know, that's a, that was a good I'm just going to say this loud and clear. Grayson Allen is the type of player that when you see him play and the type of player that he is, he deserves every single part of the smoke coming his way. I'm just being that honest. I agree. Um, But uh, go back to uh, Coach K real quick. They lost that game against UNC, which was in in itself is very disheartening if you're a Duke Blue Devil. and Because you know what that rivalry means in college basketball, Duke and North Carolina. And that was his last game, too. Mm, mm, mm. And And don't they got to play them again in ACC? tournament i'm pretty sure they do but i'm i think they might have like the number one seed so i don't i gotta look at the bracket, the acc bracket to see what's going on but uh it was wild after the game uh coach k went to go address the crowd and say his goodbyes he was like nah fuck all that stop the clapping <laughs> this was unacceptable but he still he he was still saying like i appreciate everything that this uh university has provided for me but we're not done yet but you know i could feel it though i understand going out and getting because they got blown out or well, not blown out but it was a very it was a nice hefty ass whooping about to say yeah they got their ass whooped just plain and simple yeah they got their ass whooped so <laughs> so it's like i can understand why he kind of came out with that sentiment go like no nah, we ain't clapping just because it's my nah, last fuck game. all that bullshit we yeah. got our asses whooped <laughs> in my we... last game no forget all the slapping and ex- especially the uh the team that we hate the most but again coach k one of one of the best the elite you know wish you the best though but going back to uh Bayheim and his son that's wild i i mean you just can't you just can't win for losing apparently you really can't, <laughs> you can't and like inside no, like uh, Miami literally just won against Boston College on a hail mary pass on on the inbound pass to win a uh, quarterfinal uh, game in the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we watching like we getting live updates with y'all while we recording this. So just bear, just you know, bear just be on the lookout. Yeah, be on the lookout. <laughs> but yeah, man, just like when I seen that, I'm like, yo, he like there's like and my thing was the ref didn't call like a flagrant, flagrant foul. I think they didn't call nothing. No, they gave him a 
a common foul? Or I, is it I don't just, know what they did. Uh, I just know that this man was legit still playing, but I found out today at the time of this recording that he got suspended. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you better suspend him. He, he punched somebody. <laughs> he punch, yeah, he punched somebody. That's wild. Like, there's no, you know, running around that, running away from it. He legit turned, hand closed, fist punched pow legit <laughs> sound effect like when you go like again it's a stomach punch so when you get someone good they gonna go down to the floor that's mm-hmm. what the Florida State that's what the Florida State player did he probably curled up in a straight I mean he didn't ball. hit him that hard but like he had to catch his breath like yo I just really got punched right here <laughs> <laughs> like come on man that's like, just, wild but, yeah but like Bayheim man I'm like dude you can't really defend your son in this man like I understand that's your kid but it's like dude your son fucked up just admit that man pretty much cause he just tried to like go around the question it's like what can you say it's on camera like it was on all day yesterday after it happened i'm pretty sure it was on all day this morning at the time um sports center came on at the time of this recording so i'm pretty sure like come on man like just just take the l <laughs> you're still taking the l too take the respectful l exactly like come on man but still speaking on the topic of basketball we can go to the nba mm-hmm. um i just want to get your predictions real quick how, how do you feel about ohio state in the big 10 tournament where do you think uh they're going to be seeded or anything. Well, after after that, going into the NCAA tournament. I have no idea, man. All I could do is really just watch at this point because it's March Madness. You don't know who can make it last, and you don't know who can be bounced out. So Very true. I just, I'm just going to wait and watch because, yeah, I <laughs> I really can't pick nobody to say can go all the way because, again, it's March Madness. We've seen literally, we literally seen number one seed teams get bounced out before they even make it to the championship, or we've seen number one teams lose the championship game. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I'll just watch. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, where you want to go? You said you want to go into uh, NBA. Yeah. Now look, before we get to again the atrocity of the Lakers, um, Ben Simmons. Look, man, why aren't you playing? His back. <laughs> Bro, at this point, man, it's like, what other excuse can you come up with? I'm not saying his back is the main reason why, but it's like, dude, you went through all this drama with Philly. You put mental illness out there saying that you wasn't in the right headspace in Philly. Mm-hmm. But you get to Brooklyn, and you a whole different person. Mm-hmm. You know, you on the bench. You got your eyes out. You, you know, Kiki and Ha-Hain with, with the teammates as they playing games without you. And Kyrie dropping a 50-piece. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Like, come on, man. Like, at this point, you need to, you need to play, man. Because, again, if playoffs were to start right now you wouldn't be playing they'd be in the playing it's like come on man like it's at some point in the season for the playoffs get here you need to play at least a good amount of games to get a rhythm going with your teammates like you sitting on the bench is not doing nothing you know and then to, and again at the time of this recording you playing against philly not philly i told i told you that he was not gonna play when they came when they came to philly i promise you that because i literally uh just seen uh james harden practicing um just warming up in, in the uh, practice of the gym and i'm like see this is what he needs to do like i'm talking about ben simmons he needs to be putting in the same amount of effort and wanting to you know get back out there yeah man and i'm looking at hard in the nb and i'm like i still stand, stand by this philly won this trade like regardless of what ben simmons can do defensively but it's like you have one of the top you know elite scores in the league with james harden on top of one of the top premier big men who loki is a mvp candidate in joel mb on top of that too you have a team that is clicking very well mm-hmm. before james 
Harden and with James Harden now. Like, I, but I, don't, I still, I still can't agree with you with the whole Philly has won the trade aspect. Granted, they look very good. Now I'm not saying now I don't know why they're comparing them to Kobe and Shaq. I'm like y'all are no, very y'all smoking like the craziest amount of gas to say that. Like what? Smoking that super sauce. Um, but no, my my uh, decision on that is still not finalized on who won because in my head I'm still thinking the net. I mean I feel like they'll probably get they're gonna make the playoffs. They're probably if not the play in. Um, but I feel like they're gonna pay for Kyrie to play in the playoffs when it comes to home game. And I think Ben Simmons is just holding out until that point too they get to the playoffs. And then that's when we're gonna see the full team come together and play. So we're, we're seeing we're seeing everybody just chill out, relax. You know they gonna limp into the playoffs for sure. But when when it's time, I think everybody's gonna be full force and ready to go to uh, make that playoff or that championship push. So that's just my opinion. I mean, I feel like Ben Simmons can do what he needs to do: sit down for a little bit, kick it, uh, get confident. You know, get get his uh morale up and just be around the team. But I, I I promise you, come like playoff time when the seeds are finally made and they say, hey, this is real playoff basketball. I believe we will see Ben Simmons out there. Because That's just my take. because again, at the same time too, Kyrie Irving. Like granted, he's been balling lately, but he's not. He can't play home games. So mm-hmm. again, let let pay them, that fine. They let, pay that fine. But I say let the Nets go a seven game series. If it's at home with the net with the Nets, Kyrie will not be playing. But like you said, they'll have to pay that fine. I'm like, you're going to have to because you, y'all want to win, right? That's For the main sure. reason why KD and Kyrie linked up together to win a championship together. Mm-hmm. Now, quick point to your Kyrie scoring 50. All last weekend, we had like five five different games where everybody was up in like uh, scoring when it came to at least having 30, 30 points or, or more. So like LeBron had- dropped, the 50, dropped the 57 piece against Golden State. Kyrie mm-hmm. had his 50 piece. Uh, Kyrie, hold up, Dick. I thought uh, Kyrie had 50 against the Celtics on, on Sunday? Not that game against somebody else. Mm, okay. Because I remember Braun having 56. I remember Luka having like 40. Didn't Giannis drop a 40-piece last week or something like that too? No, nah, he didn't. It wasn't uh, Giannis. Uh, it was, it was Chris, somebody. It was Chris Middleton that dropped Yeah, 40. Middleton. Middleton. Uh, who else? What's my uh, Aiden? Aiden dropped uh thirty when they played each other on Sunday. Uh, who else played? Or who am I? Jason Tatum dropped fifty two or fifty three. Who else? And then like I said, Kyrie with his fifty piece. Yeah. So it, it's just been all all over the place uh, with people scoring high high numbers. So I oops, excuse me. It's, I I enjoyed watching that over the weekend for sure, or this past weekend. So I don't know. It just it gave me another outlook of like, all right, we really getting into playoff basketball. We really about to see everybody going hard and seeing what everybody's made of make trying to make this playoff push i mean like i said we already know the east is already for a foregone conclusion on that, like that who, the east is stacked like and again it's stacked without lebron that that should tell you something still because mm, we we know who's gonna who who's gonna be in the playoff picture we know we got we got miami we got philly we got milwaukee uh, yeah milwaukee boston we got chicago chicago um that's about it really and then we'll see what brooklyn does with yeah, brooklyn. when they get when they get ben simmons so mm-hmm. and then the west is just wide the fuck open in my opinion I mean at this point it's like it's really in Phoenix's court to really seal this deal but then again too like when it comes to Golden State if they get Draymond Green back then mm-hmm. that has a whole different dynamic to their team that's the missing piece because that's why they're they've been on like a four game losing streak five game losing streak right now so something like that but um so yeah whenever he comes back then I'll add a different piece to their off to their team and then of course on top of that so you got John Morant going AP. crazy so mm-hmm. you got him um i don't know how dallas really is because haven't been really paying attention to there them. is on, it's on and off with them it's like what they get like a good stretch of like winning games and then 
they just go take a nosedive and just lose like three games straight. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, I feel like with Dallas, Luka just needs another piece. piece. It's like, yes, we know he is great. And yes, uh, we know he can do whatever needs to be asked of him. But he needs that supporting cast though. So Ty over here fumbling and bumbling with the uh, <laughs> with the headphones right now. Um you got a fro, you don't want to fuck it up, so. Very true, very true. But what was I about to say? With the NBA, I mean, it's just, we got to wait and see what happens. Everybody's, like I said, everybody's getting in that mindset. Was it uh, playoff basketball? Is literally right around the corner. So. But I ain't going to lie, though. The team I really wanted to make a push with they star players hurt still is Denver. Because Jamal Murray, ever since the bubble, he was about to be on another level. Mm-hmm. Hold up, is he still out with that ACL? I think so, because I, I haven't heard him. I haven't heard his name, man. Be- been called playing wise so that's crazy i was about to say the acl don't take i mean yeah it take a year to get back but it's been it feels like it's been like two years <laughs> two years since I, he's been I, I, I don't know at this point man unless he is playing but we just probably not watching him play enough but mm-hmm. I, I just haven't heard his name come up at any sort of time when they play gotcha okay so <laughs> all right you want to get into your uh the laker debacle that we've been man look it's just like one minute the Lakers are looking good, winning games, but then like the next time you see them, they losing close games that they shouldn't lose, and they missing clutch shots they shouldn't be missing to win games. And it's just like, can we just end this right now? Because look, like Bron can only do so much because they talking about should Bron sit out the rest of the season? I mean, he can, but they not about to do anything. And then it's like Russell Westbrook, like dude, what like what's going on, man? His quotes just be irritating my soul. Uh, and I at this one, I just stopped listening to his quotes. I'm just was like, dude, like, no matter what you say, we're basing your performance with our very own eyes. And, dude, you've been playing terribly, like, this entire season. There's no excuse, bro. There's it's really no. not. You're a former MVP for a reason, man. Like, it's just, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know what he needs to change to improve himself. But it's just like, dude, this is it's a sad, man. And, again, I would not be shocked when this season is done that they will literally pay him out and then make him a free agent because this is this is a tragedy uh coming back to uh quick updates so in the last episode episode uh nine we spoke about the mlb and their lockout breaking news they just came to a temporary agreement so they're talking about bringing games back starting april 7th so give a hand clap for that but uh yeah i mean see, seeing that just now i mean it kind of brings relief because if they were going to wait all the way until may i don't know how the season would have looked if they came back and started playing games granted they still i'm pretty sure they still got some more terms to agree upon but it sounded like they got the main main points that they wanted to hit and figure out so that's good to know all right, my bad time go ahead <laughs> but but yeah man it's just at this point when it comes to the lakers it's just it's just getting sad man because like i said bron can only do so much at the age as he's at because granny he's in top shape but you can't fight father time and he's what pushing 38 or is he, is he 38 he's pretty he's 37 right yeah he's 37 right now yeah so he only has a few good years left and like we all say he's gonna wait till ronnie gets to the league and, pre- and play with him and then probably hang it up but mm-hmm. yeah man it's just like you know if i'm the lakers organization i'm really looking at myself and the mirror and be like okay how can we get this franchise back to what it needs to be but th- okay that goes back to my point ty so when do we put the onus on braun because braun literally constructed this whole 
whole roster, basically. No, he gets the blame for it, but it's like at the same time, too, if I'm like, uh, you know, one of the GMs there, I'm like, granted, you LeBron James, but it's like, dude, like, let me run this uh, team the way I want to run it. Like, yes, LeBron is going to have his input on things because he's low key, he's earned that right, but it's like, look at the title of what you looking at, player, GM. I think one ha- holds more weight. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, because, you know, like you just said, the future of the Lakers after LeBron leaves is very, very up in the air because what is there left? That's... You got. You guys got rid of all your young players in uh, Lamelo or not Lamelo Lonzo, uh, Brandon. Ingram. Now, honestly, they again, if they would have kept Lonzo and the way Bronze is playing, and if they would have still got Melo and certain key players, they would definitely be in a lot better position because you have a guy in Lonzo that can score the ball, but also he can push the ball too. So it's like in that scenario, I wouldn't. I think the Lakers would be in a very comfortable situation, but it is what it is. And Lonzo, he's doing the same in Chicago, so he's going to the playoffs regardless. Right. I don't know. It's like you just gotta these white boys out here going crazy in Kansas. Um. I don't know. You just gotta look. You just gotta look at the bigger picture now. It's like we know that Braun is getting old. He's getting ready to uh, hit his exit. So what do the Lakers need to do to ensure that their franchise doesn't have a crumble? Yeah, crumble in a twenty-year. Let me not go that far. Twenty years, but like a, a nice like five to six-year rebuild type right. deal. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I I mean, I've also heard conspiracy theories that uh, Braun is trying to tank right now so the Lakers can pick up Bronny <laughs> whenever he comes out. So Bronny has at least a good two years left before he can make any major college uh, decision or NBA decision. So pipe down. <laughs> hey, he can start tanking now. He can start tanking now. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's like we all know Bron is, is coming to the league. Like, that's already a guarantee now. Yeah. Where he ends up is where – That's oh, the real question. Exactly, because I would not be shocked because Bron even said this too during the All-Star break. Exactly. Like, so I would not be shocked if Bronny ends up in Cleveland and LeBron goes back to Cleveland one more time to play with Bronny. This I would not be you. shocked. I would not be shocked. And with the team that they have now, if they can keep some of those key players mm-hmm. that I've seen during the All-Star weekend. They'll be all right. They, they will be fine. Yeah, they'll be all right. That's a good playoff team right there that can make the playoffs. I'm being dead honest. Yeah. Man, all right. You want to get into this big uh, NFL blockbuster uh, talk? Well, I was gonna say that last. I was gonna uh, get the college uh, college football first. All right, go ahead. So um, by now, uh, spring training is in full effect right now. And um, for me, Mile House at Buckeyes, I'm um, just been looking at some of the uh, reports that I've been getting out of a uh, spring camp, and I think the probably like one of the strongest cores that's gonna be really be needed this year is the wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we already know who the top dog is re- receiver wise, and in the nation, that's Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Because literally, what this man did in the Rose Bowl, I'm like, this is some Madden type level playing. This dude was just doing. I mean, what what he had like over 300 yards receiving, mm-hmm. bro, was breaking records left and right. I'm like, yo, what? Yeah, that was he was going crazy. I can't. I, I mean, can't he he legit solidified his like the number one wide receiver uh or role role as far as like uh this this uh, next year's draft. Like that's just that was just setting stone. Now if he can low key can repeat what he did his uh, sophomore year and his junior year is you know better than that and yeah there's no, there's no debate he's the number one receiver being taken off the board 
Yeah. So that's that. And then on top of that, too, you got some young guns that Loki is ready to make impact themselves as far as uh, Emeka Ibuka and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just that bloodline alone. Like, if your dad was playing with, was balling that one, uh, Painty Manny, you, no. you are bound for greatness. And yeah, he, he legit showed that. <laughs> yeah, he definitely picked up something. Because his route running is, like, too elite for a freshman. But, again, when your daddy is Marvin Harrison, I think you pick up traits before you were even born. <laughs> So, but then on, but then on top of that too, like you got two veteran guys who both have been injury bound. Because if you look at what they were in high school, it's like, yo, they should be killing it right now in the college level. But again, like life happens. But you know, from what I've been hearing, um, Julian Fleming, a former number one um, wide receiver in the 2020 class, and um, Cameron Babb, another top tier wide receiver from the 2018 class. Now, mind you, if you can come back from four ACL surgeries and ball out, you got a show out. <laughs> Because is it, this is Fleming you're talking about, right? No, I'm talking about Cameron Babb. Oh, Cameron Babb, okay. Now, granted, Fleming, he's been injury prone, too, because it was really more so of his shoulder because, again, the offense he was running in high school, it's like – Was it, it like a wing team? It was like a wing team, wish mode type of offense, whereas, like – He's basically is blocking, guarding, and catching at the same time. Right. So, yeah, so a lot of shoulder, shoulder issues yeah, yeah. Will, will come into factor. But from what I've been hearing, he said he's going to push through it and just fight it. But Cameron Babb is the main person that I think a lot of Buckeye fans been wanting to see play since – we uh, got him committed in 2018 because, again, you put on this highlight tape. This dude was so explosive. Like, route running was top tier. Catching was ridiculous. Like, but again, like I said, life happens. So, when you go through not one, not two, not three, but four ACL surgeries. Them thing. And you are still at the uh, university, still in the program, and you're still going through spring camp. So, let me know, okay, this has to be the year you just ball out. And I was hearing that, you know, after four ACL surgeries he can still manage to run a 4-3 mm -hmm. so so yeah i'm praying that he is able to play but but also too i was hearing that a dark horse in that receiver room is uh Jaden ballard because even chris olave said um at, at the combine that watch out for him because he's <laughs> don't sleep on him so so my thing is just like really just how they play him you know if i'm not saying someone's gonna take someone's spot but it's like if someone is making strides from what they were doing last season to camp and it translates on the field then it's like you gotta make a way to play to put all all these guys on the field right someone all of them gotta get some type of playing time or at least sniff the field in some type of fashion exactly and um what else haven't heard too much from cj Stroud, but just you know my thing with him is just i'm just hoping that he can just just repeat what he did you know his uh freshman year and just continue to ball out because now with him having a first year of college under his belt playing wise now his confidence and iq is going to be top tier now mm -hmm. so well on the other on the other side of that coin, you got my Michigan Wolverines. Um, so far, I've been, what I've been hearing out of spring practice, uh, good things so far. Everybody's looking pretty good. Um, the major thing that came out so far was JJ having shoulder surgery, and he's going to be out for the remainder of spring practice, but he'll be ready for fall camp. So my only concern with that is how will that affect him coming back, and what does that do for his starting? position or his chances to start hopefully he can he can come back uh during fall camp and show out and you know actually win the job but in my opinion i feel like with him taking this hit in spring 
excuse me in spring you're gonna have Cade jump up a little bit just off off rip of um just being more healthy so i feel like that's where where we're going with that um but yeah i really got nothing else for michigan right now that that was just the ma major thing right now um they're saying everybody's looking good can't just gotta build that mindset just get that morale back in there and just you know see what see what everybody's working with so that's that's pretty much pretty much it for my wolverines but in transfer portal news we've been it's been jumping a little bit um what who we say uh uh Jaden daniels has officially went to lsu he's going to be teaming up with brian kelly and that offense which i i think he has a very good chance of actually showing out and actually putting up some crazy numbers down there i mean yeah because like it's a better fit than what what was he what was he looking at oregon state or missouri missouri like come on dude like you know you're about to win there yeah like you like yeah lsu was a better landing place for him and i feel like uh because we because we uh seen him work with uh the former wisconsin quarterback was it cone or not cone so was it cone i can't remember but last year when brian kelly was at notre dame they had the uh former wisconsin's yeah no i think it was him yeah was it cone but yeah they had cone and he showed out he did pretty well under but a, then again too they was like going back and forth between him and another qb granted yes but i feel like uh with Jaden daniels i think you you get that full package that he that brian kelly is kind of looking for he He's very mobile. He's mobile enough to do what you ask from outside the pocket, and I feel and Jaden Daniel, Jaden Daniels has a great arm in my opinion. No, he does. So hey, I feel like he can very very much flourish in that system. And again, my dark horse for the Heisman race, please. He's been a dark horse for so long. He, I don't. He. I don't think he's gonna do. I don't think he's gonna be in it. Yes. Hey man, I'm like we said. He's getting into the right positions and the right program and the right offense. I wouldn't be shocked if he puts up some crazy numbers and you know. No, I feel like, I feel like he will, but it's just again you in the SEC, so you already know the team. Well, the team you have to go through first to even get contention like that, and that's Alabama because sure. Bryce Young is what coming back. I think this is his sophomore year, yeah. so so yeah, he'll definitely be in the Heisman contending race now. And we can just preview that real quick. So like, I mean, other than like the players we kind of mentioned before, like uh, Bryce Young, Stroud, uh, and Jake, but I'll throw him in there. Like just like those are, those are some of the names I feel like will probably be in Heisman contention. But until then, you know, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see how the season goes and what. Uh, position players are really stepping up and making you know headways but mm -hmm. now translating to the NFL now as we said earlier in the show that shocked us the Chicago Bears are now trading Khalil Mack to the San Diego Chargers yep and they, the Chargers are receiving or no the Chargers are sending a second round and a sixth round pick to the Bears now I'm not gonna lie this is an upgrade for their D-line because now you have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa well Khalil Mack plays more outside line, linebacker and a rusher but still that 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 can actually help Bosa out because now you got someone that you need to really account for mm, on the other side especially exactly so because before you know that it was a uh, Melvin uh, Ingram Mm -hmm. and Bosa and they was already doing havoc themselves so now you have Mac and Bosa on both on, on the edge mm -hmm. you know so I think honestly this definitely helps the, the Chargers defense along you know going along with their offense what they have so Man, let's just put it put it out there the AFC West might be the hardest division in the NFL right because go uh continue <laughs> bless you continuing with uh the trade deadline or trade news uh the Broncos 
acquired Russell Wilson. And look, real quick, like just I just said it. Joey Bosa top uh both of them top ten in sacks. Literally, they're both top ten in every category as far as like getting into the QB. Mm-hmm. Bosa is six, Mac, Mac was tenth. Both of them were tied for six, and just yeah. So both of those premier edge rushers on the same team. You know, you're you're bound to get some. Someone's bound to get there first. <laughs> Now, going back to Ty's point with Ben Simmons, we're watching him enter the 76ers uh, arena. And my opinion, I said this from the get-go, I didn't think he was even going to be in the vicinity <laughs> watching this game. But he is a very brave soul right now going back into Philly. And and knowing how Philly treats people after they, you know, just did not upheld their end of the bargain as far as, like, playing in a Philly, you know, town when it comes to sports because they are passionate about their teams that they care about. Mm -hmm. And we literally seen how they can respond when a player, a high caliber player, just bombs this opportunity to play in any team in Philly. And when they come back, their reaction is not well received. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I think that game's on ESPN tonight. So 730. And I will be definitely watching that game for Mm -hmm. sure. Just to see the reaction, because they even said it early on first second that there's going to be like a solo shot of Ben Simmons on the on the bench. So probably every time he is on camera, boo will start to run from the arena. I agree. But uh, getting back to uh, NFL, uh, Russell Wilson – I was. I keep on wanting to say Russell Westbrook. Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson is going to is going to the Denver Broncos, the same team he obliterated in the 2013 Super Bowl. Correct. Now, uh, people are saying that the Seattle Seahawks won that uh, won that trade because they really got they really cleaned house on the Broncos. Let's just put it like that. They got Noah Fant. They got Drew Locke. They got um. I, I can't remember who the other player is, and they got two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth. A fifth round pick and a sixth round pick, I believe. These niggas did a fucking sweep. <laughs> I have never seen but that my, much. Granted, Russ Russ is definitely worth all that. But but my damn. thing. Is, but my thing is like before they made this trade, my thing was y'all didn't even think to give him help to make him want to stay in Seattle. I mean, it's been it's been years. Because honestly, let's keep it real. He should right now have to, at least two Super Bowls with Seattle. Yeah. You know, and then like I'm looking at guys like him that were at the heart of the franchise: Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner. Like, oh, they just let go of Bobby Wagner too. He's not on the uh, team. I, I'm like, so y'all just said, yeah, forget everyone that legit helped this you know franchise get back to you know dominance. Yeah, mm-hmm. forget y'all. Bye. Like on to the next. Like it's, they're trying to rebuild. They're trying to get the new the new young guns in there. They're trying to just do a fresh reboot that's what what's going on right now in seattle so it, it's it shocked me that he, they sent him off to uh denver um oh no i mean people are saying that they the seahawks did that shit on purpose though uh just because they don't like how he was moving and everything so they sent him to like the hardest division and don't they got to see them in, the, in that division or no no that's the afc they're in the uh, the seahawks are in the nfc Okay, but uh, it it came, it came out in reports saying that the Giants were even interested in um, getting Russell and getting Russell. And no, no, no. I'm glad he ain't never because he would have he would have died in New York. I'm sorry. Granted, but they the Giants were were offering uh, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, and Saquon. Time and, out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Did you just call Daniel Jones Danny Dimes? That's his nickname, yo. Who gave him that nickname? The media, everybody. <laughs> nah, I didn't. <laughs> well, 
We, I mean, yes, we're part of the media, but you know, the other, the other ones. <laughs> but in the still, media. though, Danny Dimes. No, yeah. you can come up with something better than that. They called him Danny Dimes, yo. I'm, that's, I'm, just going, I'm just going with the narrative. That's, um, a, that's a weak ass narrative, but okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they were offering Daniel Jones, uh, Saquon Barkley uh, to go to Seattle. Yep, for uh, for Russell Wilson. Man, y'all should have just traded someone for Saquon to have him play with Russ in Seattle. Made that happen. Hey man, it, that's just not that's not what what was in the cards. But side note, I'm I'm just saying this right now too. Saquon needs to get out of uh, New York too. I'm just I'm sorry. He just needs to keep healthy first. No, he can do that. It's just not in New York. <laughs> Are you positive? Because we can, we ha- we haven't seen him play a full season yet. Or we yes we have. We play we seen him play. No, have we? He played he played last year, right? No, nah, he got hurt last year. <laughs> I don't know. I think no, nah, I don't think he's actually played a full fledged season yet. Except his rookie year. I wanna say he got hurt during his rookie year too. But no, he didn't. No. He didn't? Okay, maybe maybe not. He got but, hurt the beginning of his second year. Mm, okay. But yeah, okay. Maybe he's played one full year, but besides that, very injury prone throughout the rest of the way. But yeah, they were trying to send him off. They were trying to give him uh some more some draft picks. Uh yeah, they were trying to unload the whole truck for uh Russ. And then Washington was also in that in that. Um, I said they just picked up a QB themselves. Uh Carson Wentz. Yeah, so uh in the same division. <laughs> Crazy enough, he's and he's going back to he's going to go back to Philly multiple times, twice twice in a year. So you know how how the tie has changed. But where what do you think about these moves so far that we've seen? What do you think about Carson Wentz going to uh, Washington? What do you think about uh, Russell? Wil- yeah, Russell Wilson. I was about to say Westbrook one more time. Uh, what do you think about him going to Denver? And then what do you think about Khalil Mack? Who's in a better position to win now? I would say the Chargers, just just off the fact of like what they got future wise with that offense, you know, with Justin Herbert and the receivers that they have. I think if they could just get like a nice, you know, running back that can hold his own in the mm-hmm. run game and maybe fix up that offensive line, just yeah, a tad if they, bit more. yeah, if they can do that, then they'll be final offense. And like I said before, you have Joey Bosa, who is a one of the top premier pass rushers in the league. Mm-hmm. You mix, you put him on the same line with Khalil Mack. Like, that's a recipe for great things to happen if you're a Chargers fan, especially on that defense, because now I feel like Bosa doesn't have to really do a whole lot as far as, like, always get to the pass, get to the uh, QB. Now you have someone that can match his intensity and get the, and get back there, too. Not to mention you still have, what, Derwin James is back there still, too? Mm-hmm. And um, who else is back there that's a, um, a good DB? Um I can't think of none off top, off top, but I yeah. But yeah, no, no. I will say right now the Chargers won. Like we, I got to see what uh Russell looks like with Jerry Judy and some of those receivers that he has in Denver. Um, see that that was my thing though, because uh, I was kind of uh, arguing with people at work about it, and with with Russ having he had yes, you had DK Metcalf, and, but that's all he had though. That's like, what I, that, that's what that was going into my point, Ty. So it's like you you really only had DK Metcalf, which is a great receiver and then you have Tyler Lockett with in my opinion he is a two borderline three he's a high two borderline three though if we if we really keeping it real um but then you then you look at Denver's situation you have a collective of good good receivers that can go to great with the right quarterback so do you take your chances with just like with Aaron Rodgers? Do you just take your chances with a one great receiver and hoping that you guys connect and go to a championship, or do you go to a team with good receivers that you can mold into great? I mean, the Rams kind of showed us that when it, once they got Odell, when the Woods went down, because mm-hmm. now you had uh, 
Cup, Odell, until he got hurt in the Super Bowl, and uh, Van Jefferson. Like, you had – that showed you what you can do with three great receivers that know that know what their roles are and still can produce for you. Plus having a quarterback that can facilitate to all three of them. Right. And in Denver's case, they have a QB that can facilitate to them. And he's mobile enough to get them open to when like he is getting corralled in the pocket or if the secondary is locking them up, he can scramble to get them open. So yeah, like right now too, like I feel like I feel like when the season starts, we'll see how it works out and I feel like it will work out. But um but as far as right now, the Chargers they won they won the best trade right so now. Far. So far. Because right. just 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 based on the fact of what they have offensively already and what they need to fix up, but again, just adding another premier, you know, MVP caliber player to that defense with another premier edge rusher, you're asking for great things to happen on defense. Now, if they can put it all together, then you looking at a, a team in the Chargers that will be in a great position for a playoff run. Mm-hmm. And on and speaking of playoff run, also too the biggest headline is Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay and now will become the highest paid QB going into this season. And he, he getting them bands, right? Bandos. But my nigga is this: with you getting them bands, can them bands that you got turn into Super Bowls now? Because I will honestly say, if he does not get another Super Bowl before he hangs up his cleats, he will be the greatest underachieved QB in the NFL. I mean, he has all the talent. In the world, but yet he keeps underachieving in big games in the playoffs. Like again, no one expected them to lose to San Francisco in their environment. Yeah. Like y'all are built to play in the cold. They're not. <laughs> How do you lose to your environment, let alone to your field to them? Now, granted, the Niners were low-key making a tear regardless, but still though, it's just like this is made this was made for y'all to win, but they choked, and we didn't know if we were gonna see Aaron Rodgers again in the Green Bay uniform because of what he went through in the offseason correct but i mean at, at this point it's just more or less it's like he he was going to stay i feel like he was going to stay because he he's looking at the landscape oh were you about to say something no no uh he was looking at the landscape and he's like okay who's really out here that i can go to and damn it Jameis. that even though that was a touchdown that looked like a duck bro but um, beside on the Jameis, man, like, he's another QB that I'm like, why do teams just keep giving up on QBs like him? Like, yes, I get he's hurt, but still, get this man a chance. He can come on down to uh, Pittsburgh. That's all I'm saying. But back to my point. I was saying um, with, with Aaron Rodgers, he was looking at the landscape. He has no choice but to stay because no one really is out here in the great uh, viable position to uh, make a push like the Packers are, in my opinion. Because, you know, he's got Jamal Adams. He's got technically all the weapons he needs. Devontae Adams. Oh, yes, Devontae Adams. I said Jamal Adams. Uh, yes, all the weapons he needs to uh, make that push. As we clearly seen, I mean, for the past, like, three years, he's just they just haven't gotten over the hump with those key games. But, so. it's like, at the same time, too, it's like you need another receiver that can take the load off of Devontae Adams at the same time. Like, Correct. Because I don't think Randall Cobb is not the answer. I mean, he he is the answer. He but was at one point, but yeah. he, like, now, no. He, he You need another, you know, elite receiver that can really know his role and still produce. Mm-hmm. So, that that's my thing. I don't know who they can get or on Unless they, you know, find someone in the draft because you have a lot of great receivers in this draft, you know, because the combine legit showed. Correct. You know, so honestly, if I'm the if I'm Green Bay, I'm looking at old dude from Baylor that ran that four two. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I want, I'm not disagreeing with you, sir. I'm not because is we already know Alave and Wilson are not going to Green Bay because again, look at where y'all went and look at the teams that Loki need a receiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because um they were saying that um honestly I I truly believe that um Garrett Wilson might go to the Browns and honestly. 
honestly, I think Olave might fit with the Saints. I can see that working. Because you put him with Michael Thomas. Granted, if he ever shows up, because yeah, they're, they're still ABB out for him. Like, dude, where have you been since his foot injury? Right, for real. Shoot, he he looking at, damn, oh, do I really want to play with Taysom Hill? <laughs> He, he looking like that. He's like, where am I better? Depending off? on how many drive picks the uh, Saints get, they need a they need a QB. But then I was hearing too, um, Kenny Pickett from Pitt might be the QB, uh, the team he might be going to. Interesting. So I don't, I don't know. Or or I'm not gonna lie though, Malik uh, Will, uh, Wills from Liberty, like his, his name's been ringing bells. Honestly, I've been watching his highlights. Whatever team gets him, honestly, I think he needs to go to Seattle because that would be a great fit for him. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll see. But if I'm a team that's in the first round and I'm and I need a QB. QB that I can build a uh, franchise around. I'm definitely taking him. Just saying. I can agree with that. Um, who who else am I thinking of? Already, do we need to move on to pop culture? Um, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. We can. I was point. about to say the main thing for pop culture for me, yo, was that game interview. Interview. That man, that was crazy. It it was. This it was very. Let me. I mean, it was very entertaining, and he was saying some valid points. Very valid points, but for granted, four hours long. Wow. I mean, he, he but, but then again, but, but then but then again, too, I found out like ever since Dream Champs, you know, started, they've been winning the game on oh, yeah. the show. But mm-hmm. they said that he doesn't like to fly. So for six years, yeah. he never came on. But eventually, when he started working with Kanye, he got inspired. And, you know, Dream Champs, I guess, reached out again and be like, yo, like, mm-hmm. it's about that time, game. Let's go. And they convinced him. He went down there and it just turned from an hour to four hours. But honestly, I think that four hours was worth it because, again, it's been a long waiting since mm-hmm. he since drink champ started and he's been a name that people been always saying like yo y'all gotta get game on there yo when the game gonna be on there so so yeah now i'm like you like it was a lot of valid points it was a very entertaining i mean this nigga literally almost passed off from drinking a whole bottle of tequila but man that nigga he was chug 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 literally like, bro what and like i still got more to go on that but bro, I, fi- I, f- I wrapped it up it was good i like because they brought black 100 and towards the end okay they they were talking about talking to him about stuff and i want to i want to try and play this snippet real quick let me see if i can get this to work i mean at this point really ain't no snippet if people really seen it i mean right but i'm the, the snippet that i found more uh entertaining let me see if i can get this to work go Movies gotta happen, shit gotta happen. He's only been going what two years. All right, so what's your definition of a legend? Because listen, this is this is we talking music. Okay, music. and we just going straight to music. Yeah, I'm talking different. music, okay. that's it. All right, so give us that definition before we give you us. I don't get you like four or five. Hey, I got a quick question. Yeah, you know, for everybody, even what? Um, do we know how long Jesus was? Giving niggas the gospel before Judas ran him into the Romans and they shit, killed him. Bro, that's a loaded Do question. I know that? It's not 33 years. Yeah, no. no, no, I'm asking you, was it long or was it, was, it, was Jesus like preaching? It felt like it was a two week shit. How long was it Jesus giving niggas the game before the Romans like he killed him? That's what I'm asking because. Yeah. For, for what it might be a history lesson in that for all of us. Uh-huh. Because Nipsey and Biggie together, you know, Nip put his album out and then perished, you know what right. I'm saying? And um, had met an untimely demise. It was right. it was great, right? But right. it was great to the people who knew he was great, but it not to the world because yeah. niggas didn't service his yes, music while he was here like yeah. that. Yeah. Same with Biggie. Right. Biggie died before fucking um, Life After Death came out. The second right? album, right. Second album. Right. He was here for the first. Right. right? Um, 
So, you know, on the, on the same accord, does anyone know how long Jesus was? Was Jesus on his first album or his second album? Mm. But oh, Jesus was definitely on his third album. No, was he? Because I he was in his thirties, right? When he died. So, so how long was he Right? Does anybody know how old Jesus was when he was a carpenter? And then from the time he put his first album out, which was right. the gospel. No, we don't. We need to find out. Well, he didn't put out the gospel. The, I, the apostles did. All right, well, they, them niggas, they get their shit too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's just how he said it. So them niggas, like, them niggas, the apostles, them niggas like Idi Amin and Gaddafi and them niggas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is that I think everyone's, I think everyone's answer is within, like within the confines of Jesus's mission. That that's a very interesting topic, but um, let me get my opinion on it now. Right. Now, watching that interview, the length that I did, like, of course, they was gonna bring up Nipsey because him and Game was like tight like this. Because mm-hmm. legit, um, I still go back to when um, Game was uh, on the show with the uh, what's his name? Uh, I forgot his name, but his his face is like literally like right there. But I forgot his name. But they was talking about the time where he first met Nip, and Game was saying like, you know, back uh. When I guess uh, the first album came out, he was still living in Compton, and he had said he had his uh, white Range Rover, and he was uh, driving through uh, Compton. But um, mm-hmm. he said Crenshaw um, was, you know, known for having a lot of females, and there's a specific car wash that he would go to. I guess that's either in Crenshaw, but he went there, and he said like his his objective was one to not be stopped at any crip neighborhoods, and he wanted to go to all uh green lights and on the side now Seb is now about to watch the debacle of his Michigan Wolverines lose his game to Indiana in the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> we were up the whole game. So just so, continue time, my fault. I'm so just... yeah he's so yeah as I continue he's about to be still in disbelief and that was a crazy live pass off the glass and with the dunk. <laughs> but um so yeah like he was uh you know trying to not to be stopped in crib neighborhoods but apparently he got stopped and it just so happened to be on, on Crenshaw and Slauson. And he said, literally, uh, Nipsey and his homies literally all p- pulled up on his uh, Range Rover. And Game even said it. At that time, he was ready. He, he had a strap on him in his lap. Because I think the year before that, he just got shot. So, of oh, course. Yeah, I think, I remember. Was it like, are you talking about the time? I think he alluded to it in the interview. He uh, he was riding down uh, Crenshaw and everything. And uh, Nip, he seen Nip. And he was. No, they seen, they seen him. And they pulled up on Game. Right. And they were walking up to his car and he was thinking like they were about to pull the strap out on him yeah but then he said nib seen the strap in his lap and he said yo back up but he but nib gave him his album to check out Mm -hmm. you know and and from their own they've been they've been tight you know and of course you know apparently you know fortune when nib passed in 2019 um you know game he he was heartbroken by it you know because that was someone that was legit not only really changing crenshaw but just legit you know slowly but going to change the world with what he was trying to do business-wise and what he was just trying to do for the culture so and but like going to drink going on to the drink champs interview you know he talked about how like how he was cool with it that turned into him not being so 
cool with other people in his circle. Like, I found out his, him and his brother, um, they kind of fell out for that. And, like, uh, granted, we not in gang, we not involved in gang, any gang activity, but we watch stuff about gang activity and what goes down. So, mm-hmm. I know for a fact, you know, gang's brother, he grew up the old school way. You know, he grew up, you know, of course, being the blood. If you see a crib, you know, it's on site every time you see him. There's no unity, no none of that. No none of that. Like, right. I got my, I say in my lane, you say in your lane, but if we cross paths, you know, you just know, you know. It's that time. It's that time. But, you know, with game, it's like, it's more so like, you know, when game came out, you know, he, you know, he, he did change the game for real. Like, get game his flowers. Like, his, they, you know, for the longest, they said he was, he's like one of the first West Coast rappers to really have like an East Coast sound when he raps. And mm-hmm. it made sense because you, you hear West Coast rappers, you can hear the accent in their voice, but with game, it was different. It was more tough. It was more rugged, like a New York rapper, it sounds like. But, you know, he, he grew up where he came from, from Compton, but he just, he just had that appeal to him. And that, that's just, that's, that just what made him dynamic you know but it's just like at the same time though um just going back to the topic of him you know him and nip developed a great relationship you know done songs together he, he was on nip was on his last album you know that was fire mm-hmm. so but like going back to that topic though um i definitely believe like there's soon going to be a nipsey hustle movie because his impact on the culture was too impactful for you not to make a movie about now granted you know the, the okay has to be go through his parents first and of course lauren and his brother and sister as well but yeah. but like nah um nah he he's definitely a movie that's gonna be worth to watch because granted you know a lot of people didn't get hit to his music until he later passed but it's like even if you didn't listen to his music his you know entrepreneurship was was another thing that kept you like you know looking at him like dang this dude really he really out here like not far as like being in the streets but it's like he's out here just trying to like build right now my question is to what game and whack we're talking about just now legend music do you believe nip is a music legend I wouldn't necessarily say a music legend only for the simple fact that victory lab was his only album he put out all of his mixtapes helped him get, helped him get to that album. Mm-hmm. Now, I was about to say, in my opinion, Nip is a hood legend slash cult culture staple. He's right. not a music legend per se, just on on the uh, basis of he only had one album and he that, was. A lot of people said Loki should have won Grammy in the year of that year, but you know mm-hmm. it is what it is. They gave it to him out of respect because he passed, you know, prior to the next Grammy award. So I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I I feel what Game was saying, and I especially liked how he he did it. He kind of tied it in with uh with Jesus and how he how he did that because we we really don't know because with how young Jesus was and how he was moving back then. I mean, well, it, it Loki says it in the Bible. You just you just gotta read it because <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah. I think I think like he was like a carpenter at like fifteen, I believe, up, up until a certain age point. So I, I but from the basis of saying like his. When did his legend start? That's where that's where the game was kind of draw. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, I get you. I get from. you. I get so, you. I kind of. I'm just saying. I like that comparison that he used. I never thought of it from that standpoint, but that was a good comparison. I like that one. Yeah, so, but like, but um, but no, nah, I would definitely say this. Like, like I said, granted, Nip is a person that I definitely look to as as inspiration too. But as far as like music music goes, I just feel like if if he was able to put out a second album, and then unfortunately, if the same thing happens to him in 2019, and but his second album has already been out then i think the conversation does kind of like change but i just still feel like what he was doing like culture wise you know just you know not on the music not in the music but more so just community wise activist wise 
entrepreneur wise, like he's a legend in that scenario. Oh yeah, for sure. But as far as as far as music goes, I just feel like if some of his mixtapes were albums, then we would have a different conversation because the the Crenshaw album, the uh, Mailbox Money album, like those are certified classics mixtape wise. Mm-hmm. If they were turned into albums, and then you, then he still tops it off with Victory Lap. Then you kind of can, then you could give him that title as legend. And as far as like Biggie goes, like he was already, you know, a pre-legend before he dropped um, Ready to Die, mm-hmm. because of what he was just doing freestyling wise, you know, mixtape wise. Excuse me, like that was already, you know, giving him headway. And then you, he drops Ready to Die, you know, and then he was in the midst midst of recording his second album, Life After Death, and unfortunately he passed. And by the way, this is the end. This is the twenty fifth anniversary of Biggie dying so R.B. to the GOAT you know Biggie RB. Smalls so but but like no nah, but like no nah, I definitely can agree with uh that's uh that conversation though but um but at the same time though still I do believe Nipsey Hussle deserves a you know movie about his oh, life yeah, most definitely because he because like honestly if you really go back to watch his interviews he tells you exactly how he grew up like mm-hmm. He grew up in the household with his mom, dad, his brother, his sister. You know, they grew up on the west side of Crenshaw. You know, he just he was a product of his environment. But Fact. you know, um, that his him being a product of his environment didn't stop him from wanting to do things for his community. Mm-hmm. You know, just when you're around the neighborhood that you at, you just you know you indulge in it, and that's what he did. But he made the best out of it too. Yep. So that's all. That's all it is. Can, how can you make the best out of your situation? Right. So, in other news too, music that had dropped recently, um, the late great King Von dropped his second album, uh, "What It Means to Be King." Mm-hmm. I only listen. I'm like halfway through that album, but so far I've liked every song. See, I'm I'm with you on halfway through the album, but I don't know. It's like I'm 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 torn between this album, just off the basis of one, how he's talking in this album. It's like, damn, bro. It's like only if you were here. Yeah, only if you were here and you got smoked. So it's like some of the lines that you're saying, like, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't let a nigga do something to me, this, that, and the third. Something happened to you, bro. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, most definitely. But it, it just, it sits wrong. It's like, it, it, goes, just, it hits different when it's like, yeah. dang, dude, the stuff you're talking about, but you're not here to yeah. like. To back it, well, not back it up, but to just shed light on it. And that even goes with like Juice World. And his some some of his music is because like you know he talks a lot about doing drugs and stuff and how he died was doing drugs. So some of the lines hit a lot different when they're not here. And also I wasn't a big fan. Of, I don't know. To me, it didn't sound like his actual voice. It sounded like more auto tune or autom automated or so- something. It it didn't sound like his normal cadence on some of the songs. So. I feel like they definitely found some old tracks that he wasn't finished on and just had to edit. And ha- yeah. Because I always saw, like, how does that work if a rapper dies and he's in the middle of working on an album? Like, how do you finish that? Like, it's like that's when you get a lot of features. Granted, this, this project didn't have a lot of features on it in the first place. But the features that did, that were on it made sense because you had like Lil Durk, you had 21. So it's like, though, I feel yeah, like. Fabio. Yeah, so, so all those uh, features made sense because he's worked with all those people before. But making an album, uh, por- what's the word? Por- por- post-mortem album? Uh yeah, it's kind of hard because some some songs aren't finished. So you gotta get the feature to uh, finish up finish up the track, and then you just gotta loop whatever what they whatever they had left or whatever they had laid down already. So I don't know. I mean, it's still a decent album in my opinion. It's just some of the things sound a little sound a little off in my opinion. But I, I still need to finish finish it up. So. 
I definitely feel you. Definitely feel you. Now, another news. So, like, long story. This is gonna like you know wrap up pop culture, but it's, it can tie into the SYM topic. So, I'm pretty sure. Well, give y'all a little history lesson. So, back when Chris Brown dropped his song "Iffy," which is still fire, by the way. Around that time, apparently, a random chick came out and said that uh, he raped her. Mm-hmm. Well, recently, if you follow him on Instagram. Um, he legit, I think, had his manager with him, and he had his phone out, and it was a text message of the exact same chick alleging that, that he raped her, admitting she wanted to smash him again. And so the SYM topic is destroying someone's character for your own personal good, and it's like, and that's for that can go for both men and female. Exactly, but you know, in this scenario, we're talking about rape. Now, rape is a major crime, and you can I'll say it like this: if once someone labels you as a rapist, rapist. your your whole life is kind of like out. society will still put, label yeah. you as a rapist, even if you get even if you know exonerated, or exonerated, or, or you know it was falsified, you know accusations and still, but but now like just rape as a whole is a sensitive subject because it's like yes, there's people out there that have been raped, men and women, and that's another thing too. Men like men, men, get men getting raped does not really be. It's not really talked about as much, but you know it is what it, it you know. But that need, but that just needs to be talked about a lot more. I'm just saying. But, yeah, that's fact. But like at the same time, same time though too. Like you know, we constantly see a lot of you know male celebrities. It doesn't matter if they're uh if they're an artist, if they're an actor, or if they're an athlete. It doesn't matter if you're at a if you're a high caliber person and you're in you know the media and stuff like that. Of course, you're a number one target that a lot of chicks want to come off and make a bag off you for. But it's like when you start to you know it, when, whenever you don't get your way when it comes to like these certain celebrities if you just so come across them and then you throw in rape to you know make them come to you it's like okay so what does that tell you about yourself like you're willing to you know destroy a man's career let alone his character mm-hmm. all because he doesn't want nothing to do with you if he's you know had sexual intercourse with you or if if he's come across you a few times like you are really willing to do that and there's plenty of women that have done that to a lot of these celebrity men now defamation of character that's the that's the legal term for what's going on exactly so it's like and honestly i really feel like if anyone false accuses someone of rape and the evidence shows that there was no rape that happened the person that a you know that was a uh, you know uh the these, yeah the accuser needs to be punished for, for something like yeah, they need, they need because some ramification because like i say you're literally trying to de- you know diminish someone's character and image because you're salty that they want nothing to do with you like i'm pretty sure chris brown like probably this master's chick but when he was on to the next one she didn't like that because she wanted him to herself to exactly herself. and then you go as far as like oh i'm gonna make you, i'm gonna accuse you of rape like really like you really want to go through that process of accusing someone for rape because they chose not to give you the time of day anymore after they first encounter with you and this is like like what what makes a person want to really destroy someone's character like that like honestly like just a lot of bitterness just just not being comfortable within their skin um just a lot just a lot of hate hate in them and and my thing is just and my thing it's just like you know a lot of these chicks out here they want the high caliber man but it's like y'all don't know what it takes for you to really keep a someone like that because mm, to well, them go ahead because like it's like to them it's like hey yeah you a cute yeah you cute and whatever but if honestly like i'm not about to waste my time with you because if you just see see me what i put out in the media 
and whatever it is my career as uh, aspirations are, if you just seeing that for yourself, then you are not the person I want to be around, let alone keep around. Because I know what your end goal is. You just want my lifestyle that I bring. You don't want me as the person. And to your point with uh, females kind of like going back and forth, I got another clip for you from uh, Cam Newton from his uh, oh, Lord. podcast oh, series. Lord. Is it with Brandy Renner? No, no, no. This one was with uh, him, Gilly, and Wallow. Okay. And it was, this one was a, a fire point, too. Okay. I think the bad bitch. And I'm gonna give you a a real analogy. Bad bitches go into the transport portal more than now. That's facts. They did that. Transport portal is now in the NCAA. Uh, I told you my journey, where you have to you have to go to JUCO, right then to go back to somewhere else. That was good. But. Bad bitches been doing the transfer portal way before the transfer portal was even there is a major difference. You transfer when times get hard. You transfer when there's an insufficiency in a man that you can build and shape and mold. I use the word of that person may be dull. Don't transfer when I'm dull, baby. Because you're not going to transfer when I'm sharp, when there's these money coming in. Oh, I got a good point after this goes off. That, right. That's the, like I used to always tell the kids, it's so easy for you to be loved. He said everything that needed to be said. Mm -hmm. Now I will say this too. Like, and he, I'm glad he brought. I'm, I'm glad he brought this point up too. Can we honestly say that men will take a broken, broken woman and fix her, but a woman won't take a broken man if, and help to, and help him? Can we honestly say that? Uh, well, we'll say majority. We'll say that. Okay, I'll go with the majority part because there are women that will take a broken man. Because yeah, because there's women out there that like broken men just to uh be around so they can mold them into what they want and just move like that and and honestly that can come back to the the uh man because it's like when like say that say that does happen and a woman does you know mold a man to what his potential really is mm -hmm. let an argument happen the woman is going to use that to her advantage to be like i help i made you this that i got you true. and it's like 
well, damn, so why were you, why did you really waste all this time molding me into what you want me to be versus molding me into what my potential is or what I really had inside of me that I didn't realize until you helped me with that? Mm, like, what was they, the point? They seen the greater, the greater good. They thought they were going to strike gold first and then, and just right off into the sunset. But thing life happens stuff stuff happens exactly so. so it's like a lot of these chicks out here that just feel like they want to be you know catered to like a queen well guess what uh you sweetheart queen shit exactly you got to do that and not to, and not only that what if you know your situation doesn't turn out the way that you projected it to be as far as like you know something happens to your uh significant other and he can't do the things that you've seen him do before you met him mm-hmm like yeah. what happens then? Are you again? Like he said, are you going to stay and tough it out and be with him because, you know, granted he's going through hard times right now, but I'm willing to stay with him and help him get back on his feet. Or you going to hit the transfer portal and be like, oh, you down? All right, bet on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Any any takers? <laughs> and that goes for that goes for guys too, because you know, right? Oh yeah, for sure too. Uh, when your lady is going through a hard time, tough time, you know, you're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be the one that picks up the uh, the slack. And I mean, granted, that that's what men are supposed to do, anyways. By by any regards, we're we're the providers, anyways. But you know, in the in today's society, you know, everybody wants to be fifty fifty and all that good stuff, and that's fine too. But you know, if in the real, in a man's brain, heart of hearts, it's like it's us. It's always going to fall on us for us to be the providers and to uh, make sure everything runs smoothly. So, and, and I definitely agree with you that too. Now, I will say this too, and I feel like this also is another testament too. My thing is, it's like when someone is down that you care about, like say if you're in a relationship with someone, and say like you know they're struggling with whatever it is that they're doing. My thing is. Don't put all of that on your significant other because it's like you're now you're creating a burden for me to help carry while I'm doing the best I can to my abilities to help you help yourself. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, my struggle can't is not going to be the same struggle that you're going through. Correct. I can only give you my output, my input on that and help you, you know, do certain things to help you get out of your struggle. But if you feel like you need to put all your struggles on me then you're asking me to carry a lot more burden burdens than what I'm already carrying as because, you know, as a black man, we already, you know, carry a burden, go through a lot as it is. So it's like we got to make it in this world where literally we are being targeted left and right by police. Rules are constantly being changed for us just to make it in society. But it's like we still got to keep and walk with our heads held high and just, you know, fight through it all because – that's that's just black people in general. We've been we had the odds stacked against us since we got on this freaking uh land land, you know. But you know somehow some way we always persevere. We always you know we we just know what the struggle is yeah. honestly, you know. But it's just like at the same time too, you know. Every especially every black every man can't you know always carry burdens for people. Let alone people shouldn't carry other people's burdens in general. Let's just say that too. But it's just like. You know, as a person, you can, I can't always help you with things if you, one, don't know the tools you need to help yourself, but also, two, if you can't accept the help that I'm giving you because it's not what you see, your, it's not the help that you see from yourself, then it's like, okay, then then wh- what can I do at this point? Like, I did this. I try to, comp- I try to compromise you right here. I try to, do, try to do that. You still didn't like that. So it's like, okay. How are you going to learn if you're not willing to get the help? Correct. And, again, both sides. 
it takes two to tango when it comes to being in a relationship. So right. both men and women need to understand what their partner needs and how to communicate with their partner because in the end, communication is key. If you don't know, if you don't have communication and you don't have trust, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to uh, move forward in, in anything. Facts. So, amen. Um, I think that's it, yo. That's about it. Speak Your Mind 2.0 episode 10 is in the books. Season one is officially over. Go ahead, hit hand clap. Yes, sir. Let me go ahead and do that. Um, yes, season one is officially over. Season two, another ten full episodes is on the way. Excited to do that. We will be back in these chairs. Uh hopefully on Tuesday. Uh this this pod will hopefully be out before then, before we sit down. And yeah, so it's your boy Seth. It's your boy T.Y. And we are gone. We gone. Speak your mind. 2.0 S.Y.M. Networks. Speak your mind. All right. For all the listeners out there on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, all that good shit. Uh, song of the day. Sleeper of the day. Still here. Moray. Corday. Let's get it.
Speak your mind. Speak your mind. 2.0 SYM Networks. Speak your mind.